How can you design your Airbnbs like a pro? Jody Carmichael is on our podcast and YouTube channel today talking about just that. I believe true wealth cannot be measured by your income. It is instead measured by your availability of choices, especially the choice to live life on your terms. I also believe there are many ways to create wealth, but one thing is for certain. You have to have a laser focus on one path. My path, Airbnb. But I also believe in education and expanding your mind. Education helps you take off the blinders of life and see opportunities you never saw before. Join me on this journey of learning how to create wealth in Airbnb, real estate, and so many more investment strategies. Together, we can conquer the world of investing. My name is Kyle Stanley, and this is the Fearless Investor Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome into the Fearless Investor Podcast. I'm Kyle Stanley. You're either checking us out on our podcast or our YouTube channel. Please drop a comment or leave a review. And if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do. And also, please check out Price Labs. If you have not checked out Price Labs yet, I can tell you right now, it is the best option out there for dynamic pricing. What's dynamic pricing? Well, it's just basically if you've ever gone and tried to book a hotel or a, you know, even airline, what do you see? You see one day it's one price, the next day it's another price. If you go and try to book on a Saturday or book on a Tuesday, it's completely different prices. And have you ever wondered why they do that? Well, it's, it, that's what dynamic pricing is. It's just basically supply and demand. So if you're not using a dynamic pricing tool like, like Price Labs, then you're already missing out on tons of income and you're probably spending way more time on your pricing and your calendar management than you should be. Price Labs is going to automate your pricing, automate your calendar management, and it's going to do it in a way that's going to make you a lot more money because it's going to gauge all the supply and demand. Think about that day that maybe... Uh, you had no idea was in high demand and you look back on it, you're like, oh my gosh, it was a festival that weekend. I had no idea. Price Labs is 10 steps ahead of you on that. They're pricing it out already because they know that because they see other places getting booked, which means they're in high demand and your prices are going to go up. So go check it out. How do you check it out? It's going to be on our show notes, which is www.fearlesskyle.com forward slash Jody Carmichael. Jody is J-O-D-Y, Carmichael, exactly like it sounds, car, and then Michael. And you can also, if you're on the YouTube channel, just click on the link down below and you will get the free 30-day trial from Price Labs along with the tutorial from their team. And you're off and running. I'm telling you, it's the best product out there. I've used other ones. Price Labs is far and above the best. So go check that out. For right now, though, we're going to talk with Jody Carmichael. She was on our Facebook page about two weeks ago, if you're watching this on the day that we released this, this was March of 2022. And uh, I'll just tell you this, she goes through a ton of stuff that she's sharing your screen. So if you're watching or listening on the podcast right now, you're going to want to go to the YouTube channel so that you can watch this and see what she's talking about. Um, Jody has set up over 60 Airbnbs. And she is co-hosting for most of those owners and she owns a little bit as well. But I think that this is going to be really highly educational for you. If whether you know interior design or not, this is going to be a really helpful podcast to listen to. So let's check it out with Jody Carmichael. Hey, everyone, welcome in. And we've got Jody Carmichael with us. If you're watching live here on Airbnb Masterminds, please, please, please comment, ask your questions. Jody is a pro when it comes to interior design. She's set up, oh man, in the in the 40s, 50s, 60s for Airbnbs. And so she knows what in the world she's doing. So please start posting your questions and everything right now, all things interior design. But before we get into that side of it, I have to uh, 
I mean, we got to get to the story because Jody's got a really, really cool one. And, and um, I can't wait for you guys to all hear it. But Jody, welcome in from uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. I appreciate you jumping on here. Thank you so much, Kyle. <laughs> I've been looking forward to this. I know we've talked about it for a while. Yeah, gosh, we, we probably connected it through the Facebook group, like yeah. what, over, over a year ago at this point. So nice to see us finally falling through here. And, and I, you know, it's, it's so, it's so cool to me, like people right under your nose that you just don't even like realize like Jody's got over 60 places. And, and when I asked her like, Hey, so tell me a little bit more about, you know, <laughs> your portfolio. When she said over 60, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, so that's, that's pretty amazing. Uh, Jody, that what you've been able to do. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that before we do. What is that craziest, weirdest, wildest, best Airbnb story that you got for us? Well, I had a hard time deciding because I do have a few. I've been doing this for about six years, but um, you know, I, I, I like to say, you know, once the worst thing has happened and you can sort of like rest at ease because you already know how you're going to handle it. And we did have, you know, that really bad guest that did everything that you sort of fear in the back of your mind. Right. So when the cleaners came in, TV was busted. Uh, nail polish, paint on tables, just everything like completely destroyed. And, um, you know, my cleaners called, there was drug par paraphernalia. It's just like every bad thing that you sort of, I think when you first start Airbnb, I know the first night I had an Airbnb, I was just laying in bed like, oh my gosh, are they stealing my stuff right now? What's happening? You just, you have all these fears. And um, this was sort of like walking into the worst nightmare. And luckily um, the parents had rented the room for a, basically a, a teenager that was mentally ill and I don't know why they would have done that but there was a whole story to it and they paid for the damages and everything was taken care of so there was a, a happy ending for that particular owner as far as getting it resolved but yeah we have seen like the worst of the worst as far as the damages and and what you can walk into that that's your worst nightmare and but you're still a host and you've still, still a host I didn't run away from that neither did the other owners that had the property so still yeah. adding more properties still still doing it and, yeah. and being very successful with it too so uh let's let's jump into that and by the way Tashiana just jumped on she said hello everyone what's up Tashiana um yeah again guys comment share your questions um if something hits home love it like it uh just we'd love to love to have some participation on this so what i want everyone to hear right now is jody's story because like in my mind jody your story if you can do it then really no one else has any excuses so can we you just kind of rewind and tell us from the get-go how you got started in airbnb and all the struggles along the way Sure, absolutely. So um, I learned about Airbnb back in 2012 and it wasn't until like 2016, my husband and I were getting ready to renovate our house and we were gonna add a room and a bathroom and we were like, you know what? We have guests like twice a year. What if instead we bought a condo and then eventually we would move into that while we renovated and then Airbnb it later. So that was the plan. About two months after moving in, I got sick with chronic Lyme disease and went from running two businesses to being almost completely debilitated within six weeks. So I could barely walk, um, had about 30 symptoms. It was the worst thing you could possibly imagine going to doctors. Nobody knew what was wrong. So about three or four months of that um, and not working, um, we decided like the income was getting tight. We've got this renovation project happening and it's just like time to get this Airbnb up and running because we needed the money. And so we moved in with my mother-in-law and um, started the Airbnb. About three weeks later, I found a treatment clinic up in Massachusetts 
And so I was there for three months, living in a hotel, running my Airbnb completely remote, while in a bed in a hotel uh, up in Massachusetts. So I had everything going wrong because at the time that I got sick, I had two businesses. One I had to shut down. Um, the landlord of that was trying to sue me for the rest of the lease. Um, of course, I couldn't even work. And luckily I had a partner in my bakery. And so she took over running that while I was gone. But it was just, it was, it was really a nightmare. But what a blessing the Airbnb was because that, that really like was paying for my treatment, um, paying for what I needed during that time. And, you know, we had about an eight month gap from when we moved into my mother-in-law's and we would finally get into our house. Um, but, you know, we survived it and here we are, you know, six years later, um, absolutely thriving and, you know, financially excellent <laughs> and all those things that you want. So, so yeah, I, I think there's some really important parts there that you, you know, I can tell it, you're, you're moved on from it, but I mean, like, let's go back to, to that time when you said you were almost completely debilitated how long was that? What was what was that like mentally, emotionally, spiritually, the whole thing? Yeah, that started uh, that started in October of 2016, and I didn't find the clinic until April of 2017. So that period from October to April was really horrific. I was it was I, I tell people now like for me that taught me empathy, especially for older people that maybe I didn't have before because I was homebound. I really didn't have many friends at the time. You know, I had friends call me up and say, uh, could, you, could you go to lunch? Can you go have a drink? Like they really didn't understand because a lot of people don't understand the illness and the disease. So they didn't really know how sick I was. And, and I really, I couldn't, most of the time couldn't drive because I couldn't walk around the corner up the hill to my car. Um, so I would just, you know, I would just sit at home. My husband was working and, and you know, just try to honestly, just try to tolerate getting through the day. Um, the symptoms were so bad. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what kind of mental mind state were you in during that entire time? Well, I mean, I think the good thing about me in general is when I got sick, the only thing I knew about Lyme disease was I, I knew a girl from high school that had been sick for a while. And I just thought in my head, like, I'm not going to be sick forever with this. Like, you know, and as you start looking into the disease, I mean, that is a really common story. So in my head, I just was like, my story is going to be different. And I used to tell people that I was talking to, you know, who had the illness, because um, I did a lot of, you know, just sharing my story with other people when they got sick. Um, you know, a lot of it's, you just have to have the right mindset and determination. And I think it's the same with like your the Airbnb business. Like, you, you just have to keep going, even when it's hard, even when sometimes you're like, am I ever going to get better? Is this going to get better? Am I going to get out of debt? Like, whatever's going to happen, if you can just keep putting one foot in front of the other, then there is one day where I finally started to feel a little better. And it was just like a switch. I was like, okay, I've got this. And I'm just going to keep going. So it was about a year and a half though I was out of work. Wow. And when, so you said 2016 in October is when it started. You didn't find somewhere to go until April, 2017. At what point did you have your first listing for Airbnb? Was it, it started in the March of 2017? So a month before I was in treatment, um, was when I, we actually started renting, uh, and I was, you know, just at home in my mother-in-law's house. And then I found a treatment center to go to that was like a 90 day center. And I just went up there and, um, yeah, managed the emails, managed the cleaner, um, all of that stuff remotely. So, and at this point in March, you were still pretty much, I mean, getting out of bed was still nearly impossible. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, I really didn't go back 
to work full time until about a year later. But in the interim of that, I, you know, when I came back from treatment, I was probably about 75, 80% better. I mean, I was significantly better. Um, so I was good enough that I wanted to do more. But uh, interestingly, I, I worked the last month I was there at the doctor's office that I was being treated at. Um, I like negotiated working some to pay for part of my treatment. So that was, that's just who I am. Uh, they, I could see they needed help and I'm like, hey, I'm like so bored up here cause I'm like, can't work anymore. <laughs> and, uh, and so we did that. But um, anyway, uh, when I, but one of the things that was happening is I would get massive headaches just trying to, trying to do too much that sort of thing. So I really just had to, to go slow, but I signed up uh, once I got back, I knew I wasn't going back to the baking world. So I signed up to be a co-host on Airbnb. And then that's when I started slowly. It took about six months to really start picking up, but slowly picking up a property here and there. Um, wow. Okay. And so tell me about setting up your first property though, while you're going through all that, what was that like? There's a lot of, um, a lot of stress and <laughs> a lot of uh, just, you know, trying to get things done because we had just renovated it um, before I got sick. So we had actually gone through a renovation process um, and then the rest of it was just buying some accessories and, and set up. But, but yeah, it was all, it was all very exhausting. And I even, I was even cleaning my unit a lot myself just to get the extra money. Like once I got back from treatment, I was the cleaner. So I was cleaning the unit, you know, every, every turnover. Um, because that extra $45, $50, whatever, like meant a lot to me at that time. And also I had the time to do it. And I, I think also made me better as, as things went on because I can, I can relate to my cleaners. And I also know when, okay, look, it doesn't take you that long. I've done this before. So, you know, it, it, I think when you've done all the jobs, it always helps in any, any business. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's gotta be just, you know, when, when you go through just kind of like what you said in the beginning there, when you've gone through the worst, nothing else is really that difficult. And matters you, that much. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you, you experienced that with your, that bad Airbnb guest, but in terms of your own personal health, like I got to imagine that going through that has just been like, all right, life I is felt easy. Like I have lost everything. I mean, from like my independence, yeah. you know, my finances, it just literally, you know, my career, it felt like literally everything has been taken away. And, you know, once you've gone through that in life, it's sort of like the fear is definitely gone to do anything new. And I've never been too fearful of taking risks or, you know, doing business, opening a business or whatever, but you definitely lose a lot of fears when you're like, okay, I've conquered that. I can pretty much do anything. So. That's, that's awesome. And, and that no surprise to me, like a lot of people who are successful business owners or like yourself, they've gone through some serious things in their lives to be able to say like, all right, the rest is easy. So what, what has been, you know, building an Airbnb business been like for you, what have been the fears, the struggles, uh, when you first started and how you've been able to overcome those to be, you know, managing over 50 units that you don't own and owning, you know, close to 10, uh, over that 60 mark is just, I mean, that's no, no small feat. Yeah. It, you know, it's one of those things that I, um, you know, a lot of people are shocked. Like we're right now, I'm right now in the process of putting a website up. I don't currently have my own website, oh, wow. which a lot of people are shocked by. Um, but I, there's been no advertising, no looking most of my, everyone that's come to me has been word of mouth. So, um, you know, that's been great. And I started early enough that that was pretty easy. I mean, the, the building that I had my first condo in is 
not huge, but I'd say there's probably 30 or 40 units maybe not even quite that many, but we managed seven at this point, just from like my clean, someone talking to my cleaner and someone stopped me one day. They're like, are you the cleaner here? Cause we're buying this unit. And so, you know, we meet a ton of people just being out doing the job. Cool. And I think if you're, if you're open to talking to people like in, you know, friendly, I mean, we, that's been how we've gotten a lot of the business was just the neighbor. I mean, I have, I have a couple streets that I had two houses side by side. Cause I started with one and then the other. So um, there's nice. a lot close proximity because you know a lot and that just has to do with being friendly with people and asking questions so so the main way that you've built your co-hosting business and for those of you that are tuning in you're like what's co-hosting business it's essentially just managing the day-to-day for an owner um and you get paid a percentage based on the gross amount so um the main way that you built it it sounds like it's just been being out there talking to people and word of mouth Mm -hmm. ever spent a dollar on marketing not a dollar (laughs) isn't that great uh, Not a dollar, yeah. And I mean, you know, once we have the the website up, we'll probably do more. But um, it's it's grown at a pace that I could handle. You know, that's yeah. that's been really important. This last year has gone a little past <laughs> a little past that because it's gone so fast uh, in the last year. But um, you know, I've hired more hired more people and and we're getting caught up, so it's all good. Awesome. So before we get into, into your design and your passion for that, I do think I have one other question just in regards to the struggle, because we're always talking about Airbnb and how great of a business it is and how amazing you can, you know, you don't even have to own a property and you can start making money right away. But when we paint this picture too, you know, sometimes people forget that it still is owning a business, starting a business, and there are struggles to be had. Um, So what has been, you know, for you, maybe the, the one or two like things that you would say, Hey, if you're looking to start this business right now, be ready to, I heard someone say, um, eat crap sandwiches the other day. Like if you're not willing to eat crap sandwiches, then you're not, you're not ready to start a business, but I'm just wondering something like that. You know, what's been maybe that one or two just major struggles that you think everyone should be ready for if they're serious about doing this business? Um, well, I think like you said, it, it definitely is a business. There's, there's going to, you can do, and you can do everything right. And someone's still going to give you a bad review or they're going to, you know, criticize something about the unit that you don't think is fair. I mean, just move on, (laughs) you know, I mean, don't be, and I think because I had the bakery before I I owned a bakery for um, seven years. And so, you know, you have online reviews and things like that. I mean, I pretty much just didn't let any of that kind of stuff in my brain because I, I knew what I was about and what I was doing, what I was setting up for guests. And just because, you know, somebody didn't like it or was having a bad day and took it out on me, which, you know, is sometimes what's really oh, yeah. happening when a guest is unhappy. Um, and then sometimes things will just go bad. And no matter what you try to do to make it right, you know, the faucet breaks or whatever, I mean, things are always going to be happening. Um, it's just, it's just handling it as quickly and kindly with a guest as you can and, and moving on to the next thing, I think is, is what's important. I mean, there's going to be challenges. Um, we had, oh, I have a great one. We had a, um, in my unit, we had a new roof put on our building after one of the hurricanes and the roofers drilled into the sprinkler system and flooded my unit the weekend before July 4th. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can imagine. And I have a river, a Riverview unit, fireworks on the river. Like we had to cancel somebody two days before July 4th. Um, and we were shut down for five weeks of summer. Um, so that was, you know, just one of those things that 
things are going to happen. <laughs> you couldn't just um, pass that off as like, it's another river. You get two rivers now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, good luck finding somewhere to stay <laughs> two days before July 4th. Yeah. It's, oh yeah. man. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I love that. And, and I think it's important for people to know the, you know, there, there's definitely cons of every business, right? So mentally yeah. being mentally tough is, is the biggest thing. And, you know, one of my students just recently, like, you know, they, they already started a setup and then, you know, they were, midway through a setup and the owner canceled the contract and it was like oh man you know like you got to be mentally tough to just jump back on the horse and get oh, ready yeah. for the next one especially early on in a business yeah and i've had units um that you know you do all the work to set up for the owner that i co-host you know co-hosted for and then two months later they're like oh we decided to sell and you know you've done all this work and that yeah. was in early days and i didn't necessarily have a formal contract so it was just like oh wow i just put a lot of time into something that you know yeah. so you know, you learn from your mistakes and you just, just keep going and it keeps getting better. So that's awesome. I so don't Jody, have anything too much to say, cause it's been mostly good experiences for me. Good. Good. I love it. I love it. Um, so Jody, I want to trans transition now to the topic that we have, which is furnishing an Airbnb, like a pro, and you are a pro at this, by the way, no educational experience in interior design. Correct. And, but you, you have had, uh, you know, some, some incredible success with doing it. And that just goes to show you, you don't have to necessarily go to school for something to be good at it. But um, I would like to just kind of let you have the floor of what, what is, you know, the big thing about interior design of a, why you love it so much and yeah. um, how you can help people to, to do their own interior design in their houses. Absolutely. Well, I think for me starting an Airbnb, like I was really excited to offer I guess something that I felt like wasn't available in the area at the time. And that was like a boutique hotel kind of experience. And I think number one is just knowing who your ideal client is and who you're targeting to stay in your house. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was couples. Um, I don't have a sleeper sofa. That was a one bedroom condo with a river view. I didn't do a sleeper sofa. I specifically only did the bed in the bedroom because I did not want kids or pets or extra people coming in. I, I wanted this to be a, a special experience. And so you know, we did things like the upholstered headboard and like luxurious towels and a nice mattress and, you know, throw blankets and extra stuff in the, you know, just all the things that make it feel special, a record player, um, just tried to make it a place that would be really fun. We stocked it with a lot of, at the time, which I know wouldn't mean much now, but DVDs, <laughs> just because we had a ton of movies. So it's like, if you're stuck in here, there's going to be stuff to do. And uh, there's a beautiful view and there's a balcony so you can sit out and drink wine. So really nice coffee grinder, coffee maker. Like I was just looking for a place that was just really extra special for um, predominantly couples. And we did great from the, the beginning, but I also, I knew who I was targeting and I knew who I was decorating for. And I think those two things kind of go hand in hand um, when you're starting, uh, when you're setting up a, an Airbnb. So, um, so that's what I would say, first of all, is, is kind of have a plan for the space in the house or the condo, whatever it is. Um, obviously, if you have a beach house with five bedrooms, you've got a completely different target market and a completely different shopping list because you're not going to be doing like a high-end leather sofa <laughs> and, right. you know, and a suede chair or anything like that. You're, you're going to be um, wanting things that are water-friendly. Um, I had a unit that I even did an outdoor sofa inside because of the fabric and just because we were so close to the ocean, it was um, something we'd stayed in and get ideas from places you stay. We had stayed in Airbnb um, in Costa Rica and all the indoor furniture was actually like outdoor furniture, but it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, it's just so smart because you get in from the pool 
and you know, you want to think people aren't going to sit in a wet bathing suit on your sofa, but <laughs> it happens. So, you know, I thought that was a great little um, idea that, you know, we took and, and did in, in a beach house. But um, one of the things that I did, if you want me to go ahead and yeah. share, um, I took, I, I thought it would be better than trying to like explain things um, to, to actually bring some photographs of listings that I, I have or have walked into that owner said, you know, we're ready to photograph, we're ready to list. So I could give you some good and bad examples of yeah. Airbnb design in my, I mean, my opinion and every designer's different. So you don't have to agree with me, but <laughs> I'll show you what I've got. I can't wait to see them. All right. Let me see if I can. Sorry for the extra stuff. Oh, you're good. I think I've got us right here. Oops, let me move that so I can actually get it on screen. All right. Can you see that all right? I can, yeah. Okay. So for the first one, um, this is an, you know, an owner asked me to come and photograph her listing. Um, this is, it was a two bedroom condo. Um, this is guest ready in her opinion. Right. Um, for me, like, and this is what happens a lot. People are like, oh, I have a room and I want to make some extra money. And that's great. I, I mean, you can absolutely make extra money in this room on Airbnb, but you're not going to make top dollar. Right. And I think what everybody wants, I think if you have space and you've invested in a property, like you want to make top dollar as much as possible. So um, from a design perspective, I just wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, the things to me that are wrong with the yeah, space. Let's yes. do it. Um, so we'll start with just the bare walls. It's not very inviting. Um, it's not very welcoming. Um, this is probably something that was there already, but it's definitely oversized and it's up against a window and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So mm -hmm. um, for me, this is something I would definitely add window treatments, add some artwork. The bed is just, you know, really, really plain Jane. There's no toss pillows. There's, you know, there's no rug on the floor. So there's really just nothing that's pulling me into this room when you've got in most places, you know, 300 plus Airbnbs that somebody can book, unless you're only wanting to make 30 to $50 a night you're not, you're not going to get the kind of guest or the kind of money that you actually want. And these are little things to spend money on, but from the design perspective, I mean, I, I think one of the first things is just the scale and proportion, which is putting furniture that's too big in places that are just not appropriate. And there's a closet in this room. So you really don't even need this piece for somebody that's coming to stay for just a couple nights. You don't need a whole arm armoire. Um, so I'm going to go to the next one. So here's another example. This is an example of a much better design space. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about is especially with accessories and funky spaces, like this was a really funky wall to sort of work with. Right. And, and so one of the things that really makes it work well by doing, I, I would assume most people would probably stick a mirror on top of this dresser or something, you know, but, but playing with accessories that kind of mimic the lines mm -hmm. of, you know, um, the diagonal line of the room really works well. Um, so that's an example of something that. So this was one that you did furnish, or was this one that? This is one that I did furnish. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. Got this it. is one that I did furnish, and so this one, and I, it's probably kind of all over the map because I just threw a bunch of pictures together from my phone a little while ago. But um, I tried to pick things that I could just sort of explain examples, like when you're accessorizing a room, odd numbers work well, groupings work well. So you know, groupings of small items. Um, again, playing with the diagonal line and actually making the accessories follow that um, just makes that really pleasing to look at. And a lot of times you'll walk in a room and you're not gonna know. I mean, I think most people, 
necessarily, they can't visualize what something looks like when they're, when they're decorating and they don't always know what's wrong with the room when they walk in, but you walk in and know that something doesn't feel right. Something right. feels off, something's out of balance. So, so quick, you quick question. You, you mentioned odd numbers. What, what did you say about odd numbers? So like, uh, you know, if you're doing groupings, like groups of three work okay. really well uh, for accessories. Sorry. Um, got it. Yeah. So like, I've got, you know, three little accessories here um, that works better than, you know, sometimes people will take a theme and they'll, they'll pepper that item. Um, like I had an owner I used to manage for and she liked elephants and there was elephants all over the place, oh, but just randomly, like it's better, like group things together, make it make sense. And I'll talk about that a little more in some of the other photos that I brought. Um, this is another condo. This is a new listing. And I will say, um, so this is what I'm going to say good and bad things about. So essentially, um, I thought the owners did a really great job with the space. Um, to be honest, they, they have all of the fundamental elements that you would be looking for in a good Airbnb, which is, um, you've got, you know, a nice seating grouping, you've got a rug that is appropriate for the space. And this is probably one of my top pet peeves. Okay. Um, a lot of, a lot of people do a coffee table rug and that's essentially where the rug is just barely bigger than the coffee table. And it, it, it looks like you just have a coffee table sitting on a rug versus right. a rug that absolutely ab like actually brings the grouping together. So it makes it feel like, yes, this is a seating grouping that's supposed to be together versus, you know, and, and you actually have a place to walk on that's soft. It's, it's all of those things. Um, the owner did a great job. There's lots of lighting options in the room, which I think is important. She's got tax, uh, task lighting. We've got nice overhead recess lighting. Um, what I didn't like or what I would change if anything, for me, this is a little bit too high. It okay. doesn't really feel like it goes with the sofa so much it's like closer to the ceiling than it is to the sofa so yeah. it's almost like it's floating a little too high up and i feel like that's another thing that happens a lot is it's just the placement of the items um they need to make sense with what they go with so you don't want something like way out you know way out here in left field or like too high or too close to the ceiling a lot of times i see things it should be sort of eye level but it also should sort of make sense with the other pieces around it yeah. so it's not you know so it, it's so funny that you mentioned that because, and this is just a perfect example of why I outsource interior design to uh, my fiance because she notices stuff like that. And I'm like, it's too high. I can't, I can't it's see that. What, what do you mean? What do you mean the rug is too small? And you know, th those are just the things like one of the things that now I can say is when I look at listings and compare listings, I can like literally say, oh yeah, this one was definitely furnished by a guy. <laughs> you know, because most of us guys just don't have, I mean, you know, not all of us, but most of us guys just don't have that eye for interior design. Yeah. Um, and this is, yeah, no, I, I like this. So I like the contrasting uh, colors as well. Can you talk about just like the uh, pops of colors and what your goal is? Yeah, and, and this one, you know, I didn't design this one. This was one of my owners. Oh, okay. You know, they, they pulled colors from the rug and yeah, I like very much that, and you could always go two different ways. You know, with a rug like this, you could go with softer colors around it or you can pull stronger colors like they did. I mean, you know, there's always a lot of different things you can do with design. Um, one of the other things they did that was good, but I would have done slightly different is I love greenery and plants in a room and it's almost always going to be artificial because my right. cleaners 
will not necessarily water those and I don't want to put extra work on them. And then, you know, it always stays pristine and nice. Um, and they did some nice greenery here, but they just don't have it anywhere else. And it's all, so you kind of have all of it lumped in one place where I would have liked to saw a little bit over, you know, a little bit here, maybe right. some on the coffee table. So, you know, um, spread out the, yeah. the, the appearance of live plants, even if they're not. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so that's another just little tip. Um, and this one was mostly good for me. This is the same condo. Um, again, I think this is where somebody's being thoughtful to the space. They have, um, you know, curtains on the window. They have items on the wall. It feels like somebody lives there. Mm -hmm. This was a little too thin for me. I'd, I like to see like a big giant extra blanket along the bottom personally. Okay. And then my other thing, this is another one of my personal- that doesn't seem like it fits. Uh, yeah, I, my personal pet peeves is, is curtains that do not come to the floor, but they come Got it. two inches above, five inches above. To me, that's a big no-no because one of the reasons that you're doing drapery panels is to really play with the, the length and the height of the room. And so, you know, it's like wearing uh, um, high water high, pants. High water pants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're not, you're, you're not getting it. So, so curtains to me should definitely come to the floor, not dragging because in an Airbnb, your cleaners are going to hate you for that. You don't want them puddling all over the floor. And I've had owners with white curtains pulling Ooh. all over the floor. And I just thought, no, that's a terrible no, idea. No. But um, so that's another, that's another thing that I would, um, I would fix in that room. Um, and so some of these are really great examples and, and beautiful rooms, but I'm just going to nitpick because I really want to get into some of the design details. This is overall a really beautiful room. Um, the, uh, this is sort of an example of the coffee table rug. Um, right. it's just a little bit small. It's more narrow than the sofa. Um, so for me, something a little bit bigger would have worked better there, but I think a lot of times too, when people are on a budget, they're like, oh, this one costs less. It's a little bit smaller. It'll be fine. But, um, you know, obviously we've, obviously it works, but it would be better to make that a little bigger. Um, and again, we've got a really big gap between the sofa and this mirror. Okay. Um, which I don't necessarily like that either. So now what about, what about the island right there? Would you put some sort of decor on that? When you're photographing for a listing, yeah, I think you could definitely, like a lot of people do the table set up and the wine glasses and things like that. And I think photographing for a listing, like that's really great. I don't know that I would put another accessory there. There's a lot going on here already. Um, but it is, a, sometimes you want a little bit of this like rest in the eyes. So I don't think you necessarily have to. I think this would be nice to, for Airbnb photographing, maybe do a table setup um, would have been pretty, maybe something sort of low, um, but it's not, it's not that huge of an island. So I don't necessarily like to put things out that a guest is gonna have to move. So I also think about the functionality of how a guest is gonna be moving cool. through the space. And if every time they sit down, they have to move things around, I don't necessarily like that. Um, yeah. Can we talk about that for a quick second? I mean, I'm, I'm always like functionality and then, you know, when it comes to interior design, a lot of it is just design, but there's gotta be a balance there, right? There has to be. I mean, you have to really think about who's living in your space and how they're going to live in your space and, um, how they're going to move about the space. So, um, all of that I think is really important to just make sure that they have a good experience. Mm -hmm. So putting too many things out, you know, too much is not always better, right? Um, so this is, this next one I'm gonna show you is in the same building, um, it's right next door. And just to give you a contrast on, um, you know, what, what something in the same building can look like sometimes. For me, this is a whole lot of sea foam 
going on. Yeah. It's yeah, the okay. ceiling, it's the walls, it's the furniture. Um, it's, it's a whole lot of too much of one, one color. Somebody liked the beach and they wanted you to know it when you walked in. <laughs> um, so also just remember to use, use color. Color is really important. Um, it can be very overwhelming if used incorrectly. And this is an example of, of just taking an idea a little too far. Um, here's a, another example too of just when it comes to accessorizing, like these are really too big for this little table. Yeah. Um, you know, things like that. Consider, consider the size of number one, the room when you're looking at upholstery pieces, rug sizes. And then when you're looking at accessories, you look at your, your end tables and things, coffee tables the same way. Consider what size you have to work with and you don't want to absolutely fill up the entire space typically. I also look at that TV and think, man, that should be a much bigger TV. It should be mounted on the wall. Yeah, this is this this whole thing is just yeah. We need like a nice big piece of furniture. This is completely pointless. Right. Um, that chair doesn't serve a purpose. I'm I'm sure no one has ever sat in it, and it doesn't match anything. So, yeah. Um, yeah and given that she has all of the um, upholstery in the blues, like just just repainting this a totally different color would completely change change that little TV setup and you would have a brand new room by just moving around a few accessories after that. Yeah. Um, awesome. Sure. So Jody uh, and, and just anyone watching right now, uh, you know, we're getting ready to get to some Q&A. So please, please make sure to post your questions so we can start getting uh, getting those sent over to Jody. And I, I just have a few other questions here before we do kind sure. of open that up. Um, you know, where, where are some of your go-to places for making these purchases? Um, I, I have a long list at this point of yeah. where, where I go. What I, what I try to avoid is the overstock Wayfair trap that a lot of people get into of like going to overstock or Wayfair or Amazon because they're inexpensive and they'll furnish the whole place out of that. And I can tell walking to Airbnbs half the time where people have purchased things, I think at this point, because I've seen the sun's like moving, right? <laughs> I'm going to slide You're over. Good. You're good. <laughs> right into my face now. Um, I love to secondhand shop as much as I can. Um, there's two fabulous stores here in town that I frequent. And, um, you know, it's it depends on the day, but I have found... The, what I like about that is a lot of times you can get quality wood furniture versus, you know, particle board that you've got to go home and put together for, you know, very low prices, sometimes even less than some of the cheaper furniture that's out there. And I, I really hate using um, the mass produced commercial, you know, particle board. You have to screw all the pieces together. Not to say I don't, there's, there's like a, there's a place in a time, but I definitely try not to furnish any one place um, from a, from one brand, um, you want to look like you've found pieces from, from different places and you want to kind of mix it up. It makes it more interesting. It gives it more character. It makes it feel more like a place that is someone's home versus, um, a really low quality hotel. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the great thing about this business too, is, um, you know, it's, it's an opportunity to do things a lot of different ways. We actually do encourage, our in-house interior design to get as much on Amazon because we know it's going to be fast. We know oh, yeah. we'll get a different variety of all this I stuff on there, but I try not to, um, you yeah. know, when it comes to furniture, like, sort, like I try to pull some of those pieces that are just, you're not going to see in, in 60 other Airbnbs, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and yeah. the other thing I want to say too, not, the other thing that I want to say is 
you know, you're probably, if you're just starting, you're not going to be able to start off with the most expensive thing or everything that you absolutely want. And, and I did want to point that out because when I started my first Airbnb, we had like a really nice sofa, a really nice mattress and bed and, and all of that. But we didn't, I didn't have any artwork behind the sofa. I didn't have a rug in the hallway, which I really wanted. Like there were a lot of pieces missing that I slowly filled in as I started making money. So don't feel like because you don't have everything just right and perfect that you can't get started because you know that's something that I'm like, it's we've got the main pieces, we'll fill in the rest later. And it, yeah. you know, some of that took three years to really get all the pieces that I wanted um, in the house. Yeah, well, I see uh, Julie's got a question. I'm gonna ask her question here in a second, but I, I do have a follow-up to that. Um, you you mentioned just, you know, getting them all in, in different places, I, I think, or, or sorry, the, the part that you mentioned about people not going expensive. Um, I think it's really one of those things that people can, their first one, overspend because they just want it to be so nice and so good and so like you know if you were going to go do a typical call it three bedroom two bath let's call it 1500 square feet there's not a single piece of curtain treatments there's no furniture there you know what would you typically set as a budget for yourself um that's a hard question because I have a really bad habit of going too expensive. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to give that number because people are going to definitely be scared away, but I do because I do have a tendency of like, there's a piece of me in it and I always, I always overspend. And um, this year has been especially good because I have an investor that we've bought some properties together and he hates that stuff. So he's just like, do whatever you want. No worries on the budget, just going. So I've had fun this year with some of that, but um, you can do them inexpensively. My brother's first one I, I helped him with he was on like a six thousand dollar budget um and we were able to get you know pretty much everything in for that um and i think a lot of people say that's their typical budget um mine's more like 20 so it's, it's like i i always go a little too too much okay um, okay hey, honest have, that, but. have you created this as another form of income in your business or is yeah. it okay yeah yeah absolutely i mean from i think the second or third co-hosting job that I had, I offered the design service because I, I did work as a designer for seven years. So I definitely have the background and, and, and most of my owners are out of town. So it's, it's really a win-win because they're like, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm in Washington, DC and I, I don't know how I'm going to get this place furnished. And I'm like, that's, <laughs> I can help you. So yeah. that's kind of how it started. And then now it's something that when it, a new person calls me, you know, I start talking about the design in the first conversation because I just think it's that important because at the end of the day, we're all selling this tiny little photograph of our place. I mean, that's the first thing they click on. And if you, if you can't get that, like a cohesive, well-balanced design that looks like a room that's full, people are going to scroll on. So I I completely agree that first photo and the top five photos are huge. Well, yeah. we've got some good questions here that are popping in. So uh, Julie says, thoughts on putting rugs down when pets are allowed? I still put rugs down. Yeah, I, I do. Um, I think the type of rug could be different. I mean, you know, you have like jute rugs and woven rugs that you might get hair stuck in or, you know, most of my properties, I'm not allowing pets. I think we only have three hmm. that are all the time allowing pets and they all have rugs. Um, okay. You just vacuum and, and keep going. Um, Cause I, you know, I think, I think a room without a rug is just a little too sparse Yeah, and, and you can go pretty inexpensive and that's something that could be replaced pretty easily down the road if, 
you know, if it needs to be because the dog's chewed it or whatever. Yeah. Follow up question on that for sure. I mean, you know, we get these throw pillows, throw blankets, the rugs and stuff happens. People, you know, the, the rugs or the uh, pillows and the blankets grow legs and they walk up out of the, <laughs> the place, right. the rugs get worn down. Mm-hmm. How important for you is it that those get replaced um, versus, you know, Hey, it's in the pictures, but it's really not a big deal. It doesn't really affect the guest stay. Like what? That would be super important for me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't have major items that get, that walk off too often. I do think I have a, my, my cleaning team's pretty good about saying, Hey, your toss pillow that was on this chair is all of a sudden missing. Um, and I'll charge a guest if they've walked off with it and we know, we know who did it. Um, and we'll replace it. But otherwise, um, I think replacing throw pillows does happen uh, is one of the items that, you know, gets worn down a little quicker. So those, those you're going to have to replace sometimes. And, and if I get something more fabulous, I would rephotograph it <laughs> and put it up there for sure. <laughs> usually if I'm, usually if I'm ever buying something new, I'm trying to upgrade it. So. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Do you take your own photos or do you have a, a um, what you've seen today are just ones on my phone that I just uploaded okay. really quick, but yeah, for the most part, we try to get everything professionally photographed. Um, not all my listings are currently. Some people I, I said, just don't even bother yet. Cause I, I want, when we do the website for all of them to be taken by the same photographer so that we kind of have a, the right lighting all the same and that kind of thing. So nice. Nice. Very cool. Um, Amandine asks, do you follow a must have list for accessories? I'm a minimalist in my own home and I'm having trouble thinking about what's needed. I'm a minimalist in my own home as well. So I, a hundred percent, I, I, I don't go crazy. I think that you want to think about your, your main walls and your feature walls. You know, you, you just really don't want everything to be completely bare, but you want to have some thoughtfully placed pieces of artwork. I throw blankets. That's kind of one of the new things I, almost every unit I have has a basket full of a few throw blankets. Cause it's just nice to have If, if you get someone who's colder than the other person. There's always somebody looking for one. So um, that seems to just be a thoughtful thing to put out. Um, a necessity, no, but is it thoughtful? Yes. And that's kind of, if you're if you're trying to cater to the guest a little bit, I think that makes sense. Um, and in a couple toss pillows on the sofa. Um, yeah, my first unit, I only had two pillows. You don't have to go crazy. Um, but yeah, in, in, a, in a bed, I, I I over pillow the bed and I don't mean necessarily the decorative ones. I always have four sleeping pillows and I usually have different firmnesses so that whatever you're comfortable sleeping in, you should be able to find one that works. And then at least one decorative pillow. You can, if you do one, at least, you know, it kind of ties it together. Um, Awesome. Awesome. All right. Last question here from Mike. He says, do you recommend a firm bed or a soft bed? Uh, I would say medium to firm more than soft. I think more people are not happy with a soft bed than with a firm bed. So I try to go on the, the medium, medium firm side. So I'll also say it doesn't matter which kind of bed you have people, they're either going to be like, this is the best bed ever. And then the next person's going to be like, this is the worst bed ever. (laughs) So there's no, there's no perfect bed for everyone for sure. There is no perfect. So if you can kind of get somewhere in the middle, um, but I, I haven't, I don't have any that I've gotten like super soft and I've never had, I, I don't have that many complaints on beds. So cool. Yeah. Awesome. Jody, you also have a really amazing offer for everyone that's listening in right now. So can you share that really quick before we log off? 
Um, yes, I can. So um, I do consulting. So this is something that if you wanted to uh, have me take a look at your property, whether it's something you've been renting or something that you're getting ready to rent, um, go through the decision-making process of what you have left or what you might want to change. I'm happy to do that. Um, Kyle, I sent you my link and I can't remember what it is because I just set that link up. So oh, that's I okay. Know, I don't know if you have it, but uh, you can schedule um, a 45-minute consult. Um, I've marked it down to, um, what did I mark it down to? I think, I think 125. 125. Yeah, I think that's what 25 for 45 minutes. Yeah. So what I'll do is have you send me some stuff ahead of time and then we'll do a nice 45 minute call and, and really go into a lot of detail about your specific property and, and what you might need help with. So what I can do is I'll put that link uh, on the comments and okay. also uh, in the title of this when when this gets reposted. So if you guys are watching right now and you're like, I want that link, just wait patiently about 15 minutes here and I'll get it on the comments and in the title. And then um, if anyone is watching not live and we post this on YouTube a couple weeks later, it'll definitely be in the description and on the show notes too. So, uh, and by the way, that's, that's a stinking steal right there. So if you can, if you can get <laughs> some expert advice for, for that price and, and get your Airbnb to look like what Jody's are that I'd say that's a no brainer. So Jody, any last words before uh, we say bye to, to our audience? No, I think just, you know, focus on your guest and, and make something that you would want to stay in and, and you should have happy customers. So, Jody Carmichael, thank you so much today for helping our audience to conquer the world of Airbnb. You're awesome. <laughs>